You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Welcome, family, friends, fans, and foes. It's time once again for Never Sleeps Network's Talking Wrestling. And I am your host, Casey Corbin. Thank you for joining us today on the show. Uh, but before we get to the show, you know what we got to do. You got to hit us up on all those social media places that uh, people always talk about, like on the Instagrams and on the Twitters and on uh, the Facebook and gmail and all that so uh let's just get started uh you probably know this by now on gmail we're available at talking wrestling at gmail.com uh you want to hit us up on the twitter we are at tnw pod hit us up give us a follow there uh if you want to find us on the instagram we are at talking wrestling podcast on instagram and uh, new episodes drop every week there on the old instagram of course on facebook at talking wrestling uh, Facebook backslash talking wrestling. Uh, that is where you can find us on the internet. Uh, remember, uh, if you're on Spotify, to follow us there or subscribe to us on uh, Spotify. Um, give us a heart, whatever it is there. Uh, if you are following us on iTunes or if you're on iTunes and that's where you find us, uh, give us a remember to rate, review, and subscribe um, if you're on iTunes. Uh, but uh, also, um, if you leave us a five star review and or five star rating and a favorable review, uh, we will uh, send you a postcard from the uh, '80s. Right now, uh, I'm looking at uh, Junkyard Dog and Jerry Lawler are both available, uh, as well as many, many, many other great postcards from the '80s will be there, and uh, and they will be sent out to you um, if you contact us after we see the review. So, uh, thanks to everybody that has left uh, reviews out already, and uh, thank you for those of you who are going to send us reviews and ratings in the future. It all helps the show, and we appreciate that. Uh, with that said, um, today our guest is uh, uh, is an episode that uh, we recorded back in November when I was on tour, and um, it is uh, with... Um, former guest of the show Tommy Campbell uh, he is back on the show and we are discussing um, because it's Oscar week we have an episode where we're talking about the top 10 uh, movies involving wrestling of all time so the movie can have wrestling in it or an appearance by a wrestler in it um, that's pretty much the, what the qualifications are if there's a wrestler in the movie or if the movie has a wrestling storyline, or if the movie is about wrestling, or if there's a scene where they're at wrestling, any movie involving wrestling uh, qualifies, and we debate the top 10 greatest uh, wrestling movies of all time. Of course, um, The Rock is a major, major movie star right now, and uh, it's crazy, but, um, you know, so we tried to say, like, let's keep The Rock movies to a minimum, <laughs> you know, on the list. So if you're wondering, 
ah, why isn't this rock move? Why isn't the Fast and the Furious in there? And why isn't Jumanji in there? Well, because we're keeping... The Rock is now a movie star. He, you know, so that so we're trying to keep the Rock movies to a minimum. But uh, this is a good week for this to come out because the Oscars are this weekend, and in uh, in theaters this Friday is Paige's movie Fighting with My Family. So based on that, these will be the current. Maybe not after this weekend. Maybe Fighting My Family, Fighting with My Family might be number one next time. But right now, these are the top 10 wrestling movies of all time. But before we get to that, before we throw to the Studio Z in Vancouver on the West Coast, um, I want to talk to you. Last night, I watched Elimination Chamber, and uh, it was okay. Um, I thought the the first Elimination Chamber with the women, um, well, I'm not against women in the Elimination Chamber, but if you're going to create tag team titles, why not have a tag team match? You know, like, I just think the Elimination Chamber for tag team titles is not the way to start, it's not the way to start the tag team titles off. But um, the girls that won, congratulations, I thought they deserved it. Uh, Bailey and Sasha both have been tagging up for a long time, and they're great together, and I think they deserve to wear the titles first. Who they're going to feud with first, I don't know. Um, but, you know, with Tamina and Nia Jax and the Iconics and, um, uh, Fire and Desire, uh, Mandy Rose and, and, uh, Sonya Deville, uh, I think there's, I think there's a, a lot of good female potential tag teams out there. And, uh, and I'm looking forward to it. So, that, so that was great. Um, there was, a, a Braun Strowman Oh, they had a Ronda Rousey match was a bit of a squash match, and that was a, a little bit upsetting. And then at the but before, well, I don't even know how it went. Like at some point, there was Charlotte Flair just came out and cut a promo, and I'm kind of against promos on pay per views. Like keep promos for Raw, keep them for SmackDown. On a pay per view, the focus should just be on the wrestling. Because that's what I'm watching for. I don't want to watch another fucking Raw and then watch Raw the next night. So I don't understand why the promo segment was in there. <laughs> Didn't like it. But uh, Ronda Rousey came out and uh, she beat up Ruby Riot fairly quickly. Uh, Ronda Rousey was wearing a different outfit than what she usually wears. I thought it was because she was turning heel. Because I think if you're going into WrestleMania, you're going to face Becky. Um, you're going to be the he Ronda's probably going to be the heel. And sometimes, in some places, she is getting booed. But, um, no, that wasn't the case. It turns out that Becky Lynch would come down uh, on crutches. And, uh, wow. And these women just started grabbing the crutches and beating the shit out of each other. And now it appears, now I, I realize why they were all dressed similar. Uh, Becky was in full leather. <laughs> um, Charlotte was pretty much covered up. Like, they were all covered up. So, because they knew they were going to be getting beat with crutches. Um, yet, uh, even Ronda's um, shield wannabe outfit, I guess we can say it was very shieldy. When can we say that? Shieldy, you know, like the shield. It looks like she was wearing uh, Seth Rollins'. It looks like she was going out as Seth Rollins for Christmas or for Halloween. 
you know what I'm talking about. Anyways, um, Ronda uh, was got beat up quite a bit after the match by the crutches uh, of Becky Lynch, and uh, it was quite the segment. And then, and then you see the next match is Baron Corbin and Bobby Lashley, and uh, yeah, that, that was just terrible. I mean, I mean Baron Corbin and uh, fuck, who did he even? It's so horrible that I don't even remember who he, uh, he, oh, he was wrestling Braun Strowman, and it was no disqualification, so now, earlier in the night, a spoiler, if you haven't watched uh, Elimination Chamber, just uh, fast forward to a couple minutes, because I'm going to be talking about it, so, um, Bobby Lashley, uh, <laughs> Bobby Lashley and, and Lilo, his, his, uh, his mouthpiece, um, they lose to Finn Balor, uh, they make it sound like, you know, um, Lilo is is like the the weak link in the in the part. Like, oh my God, if Lilo, uh, Finn could pin Lilo and and Bobby could lose the IC title, that could happen. I'm like, I don't understand why they're making Lilo to be the weak weak link. Like he's pretty much the same size, maybe two inches shorter than Finn Balor. But when you look at them, they look like they're they're the same, you know, near the same weight. I would imagine, and they're both great wrestlers. I just don't understand why they're treating Lilo like he's Jimmy Hart, you know, <laughs> he's not, he's, he's actually a, a great wrestler, and uh, anyways, uh, Bobby Lashley had to uh, lose the title, and then get rid of Lilo, and uh, then go join um, Drew McIntyre, and Baron Corbin, and whatever their new faction is, and you thought uh, Ronda Rousey's outfit was shieldy, well, um, they did a triple powerbomb, just like the shield and uh i don't know what that signifies i don't know what that's about and i don't know where it's going but to me the the violence following the girls in the next match was just unnecessary because the girls match was pretty violent i mean the girls segment was violent and now this is coming out it was just do we need that much violence when we have two elimination chambers do we Yet the Elimination Chambers were not that violent at all. Um, the Elimination Chamber for the men's title uh, was absolutely fantastic. Um, everybody's talking about Kofi Kingston, how well he came out looking in the match. But I'll tell you, Daniel Bryan looked just as great. Just as great. Start to finish, Daniel Bryan pinning guys and lasting and winning. And uh, I think that's fantastic. So, uh, with that said, that's my quick review of the Elimination Chamber. Overall, I thought it was okay. Um, but i um, curious to see what Raw and SmackDown are going to bring us this week. Of course, by now, you all know um, the first inductee into the Hall of Fame this year is D-Generation X. Because if anybody's going to get another ring, uh, it's going to be Shawn Michaels first. Because that's Hunter's best friend. So, yeah, so, and oh, it's great, because this means that China is getting in, but um, China deserves to be in on her own, I'm sorry, like, if Sean, you know, Sean Michaels is in on his own, and China's career is just as important as Sean Michaels' career is to anyone, and China's career to women is just as important. You know, where now they're bringing in Nia Jax into the Men's Royal Rumble and they're teasing with intergender wrestling. Nobody did it better than China. 
you know, and uh, I'm glad she's getting in the Hall of Fame. However, I just feel this is insulting because it's a fraction of what of the respect and the honor that she deserves of going in the Hall of Fame. She deserves to be in there by herself, as well as with Degeneration X. Um, awesome for X Pac for getting in. Awesome for Road Dog and Billy Gunn. Uh, congratulations to all those guys. And of course, Hunter was eventually going to go in by himself, anyways. Um, you know, it's only you know, it's just uh, it's a. I guess it's a good way to start off, but really, the focus should be on China, and um, and I guess this is a step. This is a step, you know, but um, to all those people say, oh, well, what's going to happen when you Google China, when my kid goes and Googles China? Well, hopefully he spells China properly and he learns about Chinese people, <laughs> you know, or if you're one of those people that says, oh, well, when you Google China, Google China right now. And what do you see? You see a lot of stuff about wrestling, a lot of stuff about Joni. And a lot of stuff about Black China. That's what you see. So, I because I've done it, and you don't see a whole bunch of porn, you know. And uh, and I'm just saying that uh, China deserves more. So, um, anyways, that's my rant on uh, China. Congratulations, DX. Sorry, Rick Rude did not get in, and sorry, Adjacent Sensation did not get in, and Hornswoggle, and Tori and Mike Tyson, who's already in. Uh, anyways, uh, but DX is getting in, whether you like it or not. And if you don't like it, I'm sure they have two words for us. Uh, buy merch. So, anyways, folks, um, with that said, we're going to throw it right now to the top ten greatest wrestling involving... The, the top ten movies involving wrestling of all time. And we're going to get that right now. It's uh, me versus Tommy Campbell. In a debate in the top 10 movies of all time. Let's see how our uh, our top 10 lists match up. And uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Have a great day. Enjoy. Listen. Love it. And folks, we're back in Studio Z out on the West Coast. West Coast living. California. California. We're not down there. We're up in Vancouver. Uh, we're up in Vancouver Studio Z at Tommy Campbell's beautiful estate, and uh, Tommy Campbell Part Two. He is with me right now in studio. How you doing today, Tom? I'm great, man. Thanks for uh, making me a two-part worthy guest. Well, you know what? Sometimes, uh, you know, we uh, we get out of control, and when the conversation goes, before we know it, we're done an episode. But we got so much more. We had so much more to get in, and that's why right now. We're on the second part of the Tommy Campbell issue. We're talking movies. Tommy Campbell is an actor. He's been in movies uh, with Matt Damon, such as The Green Zone. He's been in The Edge of Tomorrow with Tom Cruise. He's been in some fantastic movies uh, besides that. And uh, he's, he's been on Doctor Who, uh, you know, countless shows, uh, Supernatural. Arrow. 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 Now there's the guy right there. Arrow, uh, Steve, uh, what's his name? Steve Arnell, is that his name? Amel. Steve Amel, Amel. Uh, he um, decided he wanted to become a wrestler. A couple of years ago, he wrestled Cody Rhodes, a.k.a. Stardust, at SummerSlam. And then he recently reappeared at Cody Rhodes' All-In and uh, and wrestled a, uh, a match there. 
uh, at All In. Um, but we before we got to that, though, uh, last episode, we were talking about um, uh, the tweets and how people and how the, the liberal, your liberal following didn't take to the wrestling tweets. And here's something I wanted to tell you that I forgot to tell you last week. I remember I was trying to think about it and I couldn't think about it. And then as soon as the show was over, I thought about it and I remembered it. And uh, I, I made a note of it and I wrote it down here on my phone. And uh, Billy Corgan, I don't know if you know this. Now, of course, you I know you love Billy Corgan. You're a Smashing Pumpkins fan. I love the Smashing Pumpkins. Yes. Although I haven't had a chance. Did you Have you caught them on this the whole tour? I, I, I did not, but I had friends that went and and uh, they said it was amazing and I've watched it on YouTube and it uh, was. I was very upset. See, I like didn't watch anything on YouTube because I wanted to... I, 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 I want to see it for real. I don't like cheapening it. Well, Billy Corgan, for those... Uh, everyone who listens to the show knows this. Billy Corgan is a giant wrestling fan. And not any fan. He's a nerd. He's a mark. He's a... Not, well, not even So that. there's a chance he's listening... Right now. There is a chance he's listening right this, now. Billy, I'm in your ear. I wish Billy Corrigan was here. Um, you know, he's, but here's the thing. Now, Billy Corrigan owns the NWA, mm-hmm. National Wrestling Alliance. He owns that. And uh, we just watched the NWA 70th anniversary. I did not know you were going to say that. What's that? I thought NWA was something else. Oh, you thought it was uh no, no. Yeah, and see here's the <laughs> no, thing. I'm not trying to be funny. No. I just I just when you were like, I haven't seen NWA, I'm like I I NWA, I do not remember this scene in Straight Outta Compton. No, the NWA to Is me, this on the Blu-ray deleted scene? No. NWA to me will always be National Wrestling Alliance. Okay. It's been that for seventy years. So, all right, so now I know to, they've always had attitudes. But we we don't really always call. So them what that is the NWA? The National Wrestling I, Alliance. I get, but what does that mean? Well, before um, now, back in the uh, in the fifties and sixties, uh, there were basically seventies uh, and up through the eighties, there were three wrestling promotions. There was the WWF, the World Wide Wrestling Federation. Correct, I remember that. And then there was uh, the AWA, the American Wrestling Association, and uh, run by Vern Gagne. And these were all territories, okay. and uh, the major, third major territory was the NWA, the National Wrestling Alliance, and that was the number one territory, and the NWA uh, was the, was number one for many, many, many years, and eventually the NWA would become WCW, and then sort of defunct for a while. The NWA title disappeared because it became the WCW title, and now is the world title, and um, you know... So Billy Corgan revived the NWA okay. from, uh, but the fact is, is what I was trying to say is Billy Corgan used to be on Twitter and he would always tweet wrestling stuff and his fans would get upset and they would be like, can you stop tweeting about wrestling? Like we want to hear about your music. And he would be like, this is who I am. And if you don't like the fact that I like wrestling, unfollow me. Okay. Now as someone that saw the Smashing Pumpkins when I lived in London. I saw them in 96. Okay, I saw them on that exact same tour, the Melancholy Infinite Sadness yeah, one. Yeah, that's right. It was incredible. And I didn't think I'd ever see them again in my life. And then, sure enough, they came out with, like, whatever, Tear Garden by Kaleidoscope, one of his Piles of Wank albums. Yeah. And, oh, sorry, he's probably listening. But well, I'll, I didn't I'll say be, it. All right. So, well, I'm honest. 
So we went to, I think it was like the Brixton Academy or Hammersmith Apollo when I lived in London. Yeah. Uh, my wife, English, wasn't uh, didn't know a lot about Smashing Pumpkins. So I met her, played the music. Anyway, she knew all the major songs. Yeah. Um, which I would say they probably have over 20, like really good songs. Yeah. Uh, like hits that would please an audience. And so anyway, we went and saw them. And this was when... He was pretty much the only Guy. member, which to me, I'm actually fine with that. I'm you, fine with it. You too. write the songs, you sing them, do whatever you want. Yeah. Hire some great musicians. And uh, they played the whole new album, which was not released at the time. Cool. So you lot. were just, we were watching them, and I was like, wow, these are really good musicians. Like, it sounds great, but the audience just stood there, like, confused. Yeah. Because they opened with like uh, like one classic, but not even a mega classic, just enough of familiar, and then played the entire new album. And then Billy Corgan actually said, "Here's a few songs for you nostalgic people out there." Like all angry that he had to play them, and he played like uh, like Zero Tonight, nine seventy nine, and people went ballistic. Yeah, but it was just four songs, and he like begrudgingly played them. But brought the house down. And it's London. No one drives. I remember being on the tube going home after. And everyone was... People were fucking pissed. They were like, why? Why would you do that? Why wouldn't you just give us... What you want. Yeah, just play your hits and mix in some of the new songs. But to be... To charge 50 pounds a person and then just play your new album. Like, are you that fucking far gone that you think that's what people want to hear? So when you say was Twitter... It's sort of like, well, that's how he is until now when he had to do an about turn. And in my mind, um, when he did this, I thought, well, Guns N' Roses is having this massive juggernaut multiple year world tour and just crushing it. A tour that I've seen multiple times. I think you have too as well, yeah, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. And it, and it's incredible if you get a chance to see it. You know, we don't get commissioned for this stuff. You know, we just <laughs> recommend. I like to recommend good things. I want yeah. you to enjoy your life. Um, uh, so and my original thought was he's seeing what they're doing, and he wants to do the same. It was you that corrected me. <laughs> <laughs> he's lost a lot of money in yeah. Wrestling. Yeah, he invested. I did not in, know this. So, he invested yeah. in Impact Wrestling, I believe. Okay. And uh, and that went. Uh, Impact just, Wrestling. Yeah, not good. Impact Wrestling now is great. Um, okay. It's been saved. Uh, they've got great bookers. Don Callius and uh, Scott Demore, two Canadian guys, are leading the booking. Uh, they're booking. They're doing a lot of shows in Canada. Uh, they've done some shows in Mexico. Uh, they have a great roster of great talent. And, uh, you know, it's just so, but now he's when, but Billy's still in wrestling. Now he's with the NWA. He's got that. And it's funny because like for a guy who doesn't want to play the nostalgic tunes at his concerts, we're celebrating the 70th anniversary of the NWA. There was plenty of nostalgia there. They brought by, they brought out former champions, you know? And, uh, so at least he knows like wrestling fans, would not accept, you know, that you need some nostalgia in certain wrestling. You need nostalgia in everything, and that's I why mean, we had Trish Stratus and Lita wrestling. Well, for me, I, I hadn't watched. I hadn't watched a match. You know, the, the 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 evolution was the the first like pay per view thing I'd watched in fifteen years. Yeah, and 
how they open with something that it's not like they put, hey, Tommy Campbell's going to be watching this. What are we going to do? Trish Stratus and Lita. They didn't do it for me. But for me, I saw that. And immediately I saw Trish and I was like, thought, who else I used to like? And my first thought, my first thought was, oh, Lita. And then she walks out. I was like, yeah. oh. And, oh. Then, and then during the Battle Royal, you get, you get Michelle McCool. You mm-hmm. get Kelly Kelly. You get Tori Wilson. You know, and you were like, who's Tori Wilson? <laughs> yeah, I was just going through it all going, wow, who's that? I was I was just wowed. But like the nostalgia, it's really healthy. Like, man, like, like, you know, like Billy Corgan, instead of playing to people that hate your fucking new album, like think how much fun yeah. he's having just like dominating to an arena full of people. Yeah that are crying when he's playing stuff off Siamese Dream and stuff, like, that are just like, wow, oh, I, I never thought I would get to hear this Do you know with that, this lineup. Like, do you know that Courtney Love joined him on several shows and he played three songs off Celebrity Skin? Wow. So those are his songs, too. You know, so he played Celebrity Skin, yeah, Malibu, and and uh swing low sweet chariot wow. is off and oh. so and they performed it together and you can watch those on youtube every time there's a concert i want to see i have a show i have to do that and happens you, you, all the time you're the same all as me time, people, regular people don't have this because concerts are on the fucking weekends but we work on the weekends yeah um so yeah nostalgia is important and like that's a you know i don't know i i miss that tour but i i hope i hope uh i I I hope it continues. Um, it's interesting, like learning how why he needed this money and yeah. everything. But I don't care what your reasons are. You know, if you're putting on a show, I want to see great. Yes. You know, even when like an actor who hasn't made a movie in a long time, all of a sudden, and they retired and they're back, I don't care what the reasons are. I'm happy to see you on on the big screen. Um, and speaking of big screens. We're gonna. We've each compiled lists okay. of our of our ten favorite uh, movies with wrestlers in them. Now, uh, you we've taken some time. This is the most homework I've had since, since Keith Hart. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> I never had homework with Keith because he had us do it in class. You it's, didn't take it home. It's the best. Now, yeah. Um, you know, a couple years ago. You might not have been able to do, or at least five to ten years ago, it would be hard to do this list uh, with wrestlers and movies. Uh, But today, because of the success of uh, The Rock and the success of John Cena, you're seeing more and more wrestlers popping up in movies. Uh, There are so many movies that uh, wrestlers uh, have starred in or have been a part of. And today, these aren't the best. These are just our favorites. So we'll start with uh, your number ten. Um, just we're gonna me, go wrestler and movie. Just you, you give me the wrestler. Oh, you want to try and guess and I'll the try movie? To guess the movie. And All then right. We'll go there. Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle uh, was in a movie um, about UFC actually with two brothers. Was it called Warrior? Is that yes? The movie? That's the movie. That is a fantastic movie. It is a tremendous movie, and he plays the Russian. In the movie. And doesn't really have any lines, does he? I don't remember. I don't even think he has any lines. He just comes in and he's like, okay, I'm watching this with my dad. I did not know Kurt Angle was in that movie. Oh, I'll tell you, 
as soon as he came in, I was like, it's Kurt Angle. It's Kurt Angle. My dad's not the, if my mom was there, my mom would have been like, yeah, you're, it's true. It's true. That is Kurt Angle. But it was great. And uh, that's I a didn't, fantastic I movie. didn't know. Uh, he, he For me, like when you when you asked to like, remember, I didn't realize he was a wrestler until after I'd seen the movie. Mm-hmm. But that was, I think that is a better Rocky than Rocky. You can tweet me and get mad at me. But I I think that is a, a, a bigger story, a bigger overcome. Yeah, it, it, that movie blew me away. Well, I, I did not it's know. It's so good. What, I didn't know what I was in for when I saw it. Did you cry? I didn't. It brought me to tears. I but was yeah, tears that was uh, Tom Hardy and I think Joel Edgerton. Yeah, what a what a great two beasts. Two, of, uh, of two guys. beasts and Very hunky, Joel played a teacher. Hunky beefy. Maybe they based beefy. it on one of the hearts. Okay, so my my number uh, my and number, your number. Give me your number. Uh, your number, number nine. nine. Number nine. Number nine. The Big Show. The Big Show. Uh, so. This could be one or two. I love this movie but, so much. Uh, it, it is a comedy, and uh, is it a comedy? The Big Show? Is it The Water Boy? It is not. So it might be what I have. Are there other wrestlers in this movie besides The Big Show? Whew. Um, not that I know of. Wow. Okay. So The Big Show is in a movie. And it's not, and it's not other wrestlers in there that you know of. Um, and what is the movie? Jingle all the way. Jingle all the way with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Phil Hartman. And yes, Phil Hartman. I was gonna do Phil Hartman. Why well, I'm Phil? Ha- I can't. Even- I was <laughs> up in the Poconos. You gotta come. He's the neighbor. He's like, I'm. I'm just a caveman who fell in. He's like, I'm, I can't even get my Phil Hartman voice down, so I'm not even gonna try. But that, that's Jingle All the Way. Jingle that's, All the Way. He's in Jingle All the Way. It was. Uh, I remember uh, one time we used to watch Conan O'Brien, and they used to always do Arnold Schwarzenegger with the lips cut out, and it would yeah, always yeah, be like yeah. Robert Smigel. And he's like, "What's your new Jingle All the Way to the Bank, Conan?" <laughs> so I always yeah, love that. They used to do lips cut out. They used to do Bill Clinton a lot. Yeah, and, oh, and, Bill Clinton would be the best. Like, yeah, yeah. Ooh, Conan. Um, so am I, that is a great. Again, I, I recommend things because they're excellent. I don't get commission, but Jingle All the Way is a very fun movie. All right, here we go with my uh, my honorable mention. Did not make the list. It should have made the list. Um, is uh, the original Spider Man? Randy Savage plays Bonesaw McGraw. Bonesaw McGraw, yeah, Spider Man. The reason why I didn't make it the list because he's just playing a wrestler. Although, and uh, I love that first Spider Man, but I didn't make the list. So my number ten uh, also has the Big Show in it. Not only is the Big Show in it, uh, the Great Kali is in it. Mark Henry is in it. Uh, the the mayor of uh, Memphis right now, Kane or or Knox County, uh, Kane was in it. MVP is in it, and Chris Jericho, Y two J, who is one of my favorite wrestlers and performers all round of all time, is in it. And you know what this movie was? I do not. Yeah, Saturday Night Live movie, MacGruber. Oh, see, this is why I'm confused because you have a list and I have a list. So this is all going to be fucked up and overlapping now. So do I have to tell you that that's my number two? That's your number two? Yeah. Well, that's fantastic. We can hit that later. We can bring come back to MacGruber or whatever. And uh, 
Yeah. What did you like about MacGruber? That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> I rip throats. I rip That's th- what I do. <laughs> <laughs> I rip throats. It's it's my blaupunkt. The, MacGruber is uh, easily, I think, I I put it in my top favorite movies of all time. I think it's like top five. I think it's absolutely hysterical. And there's there's so much recurring dry comedy in it. Like every time he goes somewhere, he has he has the stereo. Or there's two kinds. They used to have the one with the faceplate came out, but the real old gangster ones was the pull-out deck. The whole thing. Yeah. And he and not just that, he had to have a blaupunkt. <laughs> and that he had to pull out his blaupunkt deck. And he's just like carrying that into a party. Like it's totally fucking normal, which at the time... At the 90s it was. It yeah. was. Like you take your face off your thing no, and you walk. No, yeah. but the face face was one thing. I had, I had the deck carry with the, the face. Deck. To carry the whole thing, that yeah. was the generation before. Yes. I mean that is just um, funny on so many levels. So so I just had straight up Chris Jericho. I didn't have everyone. That's all for right for MacGruber. But like everything about I mean Ryan Philippe with celery up his ass, <laughs> creating a distraction. Um, that movie is a parody of so many fantastic things, and so I've played at military bases around the world, and whenever. Uh, we would go to a base. We wouldn't have Netflix or anything. No. It would be like, what do you got on your hard drive? Now yeah. you're going to a base for a while. So you had to, you Load had to up. structure, right? Like yeah. you had to be like, all right, I got 495 gigs of porn and two <laughs> regular movies. So yeah. everyone, it would be like three comics in a band. And everyone only had like two movies on their computer because everyone's was full of porn, right? And, I remember I always had uh, MacGruber. Yes. There's another film here that's on my uh, list um, that we've not discussed yet. MacGruber was on there. And we would watch that on every tour. Yeah. Every tour. And if someone hadn't seen it, it was like, oh, you have, you to, have to watch this. Yes. And it will blow your fucking mind. And not only that, like as far as uh, all the movies that come out of Saturday Night Live sketches, uh, the sketch was very repetitive on Saturday Night Live and it was always good. Uh, but to make a movie out of it and to make it a good movie. An incredible movie. You know, I put it right up there with, uh, um, you know, the movie surpasses the sketch. The rules I, have changed, but the game is the same. <laughs> it just keeps going. Yeah. I put it up there with Night of the Roxbury. Because Night of the Roxbury, the sketch was, those guys didn't even speak in their sketches. And then all of a sudden, now they have characters and now we know who they are. And now this... You know, oh, I'm like way ahead of Night of the Roxbury. Well, way I'm just ahead. saying it's a great it's that good. movie based on a sketch. Oh, that's it's you know, it's tremendous. Yes. Val Kilmer and his character's name's Cunts. <laughs> Kunth or Cunts, whatever yeah. it is. It's so great. Um So my uh my number nine is the movie uh The Highlander. Have you ever seen The Highlander? With Sean Connery. Uh no, 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 not that Highlander. The Sean uh, no, the Highlander was uh was um, you're not talking about like Christopher Lambert and is it Chris Lambert and Sean Connery the Highlander? I don't know if Sean. I don't think Sean Connery is in this. They travel through time. There's a sword. They're from medieval times, but now they're in modern times because they. This tra- stars Sean Connery. Is it stars Sean Connery? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Hold on. Let, I'm turning off remember. airplane mode. Mode. Um, Sean, like you, you. It's weird when someone makes you unsure about something you're very sure about i know it happens all the time 
Now, yeah, Sean- All right. Highlander. Exactly what I said. Starring Sean Connery, Christopher Lambert. <laughs> yeah. From what year? Uh, it would be um, the year that's on your driver's license, 1986. Was it 86? Connor McLeod. Christopher, okay, Connor McLeod survives a wound that should kill him in a clan battle in the Scottish Highlands in 1536 and is banished from his village. Years later, McLeod is met by Juan Sanchez Villa Lobos. That's a lot of fucking name. So Sean Connery played Juan Sanchez Villa Lobos Ramirez, a swordsman who teaches McLeod the truth about himself. He is immortal, one of a race of many who can die when the head is cut from the body. Yes, I love eighties movies. Like, now, now that this movie would st- not get made today. That movie starts. They're in. They're at a wrestling match, and the fabulous Freebirds, okay, are taking on uh, the High Flyers with the Tonga Kid, I believe. And that's the f- opening match, and you get to see, uh, you know, the Freebirds in all their 80s glory. Uh, so uh, just based on that opening match uh, scene and the credits are all coming down during the wrestling, um, Highlander is, is my number nine. Um, where are we at with your number eight? My number eight is uh, one of the greatest movies ever made. Awesome. And his name's Terry Funk. Yes. So which so if it's one of like this could be one of two movies. So so I'm, well, I I don't know which one to go with. Well, but if you're going to say the greatest movie ever made. When I had hair. Yes. Which was probably before I even met you. I remember you with hair. No, hair. No, no, I remember hair, hair Tom, down to my no, shoulder no. case. I remember the uh, Magnolia Tom Cruise, Tommy Campbell. <laughs> I remember you like that. That's the first time I saw you. You were in a contest in Calgary. I was on an off night. You went over, and you should have clearly won. You had the best set of the Story night. of my life. Uh, you were wearing a leather jacket, <laughs> and you had the long hair down to your shoulder, much like Tom Cruise had in Magnolia. And you thought one day... Who the this fuck guy is this cool motherfucker? We'll share an Ethernet cable and have to time our wank sessions. That's exactly what I thought. Um, when so, I was younger and had long hair, people thought I looked like the fella that starred in this movie. And the fact that you're not placing it means I need the hair to get there. Well, no, no, no. You don't necessarily need the hair. It's just that Terry Funk was in two movies around the same time. What was the other one? Well, the other one was Over the Top. Sylvester Stallone. Arm wrestling for the custody of his child. Lincoln Hawk. Lincoln Hawk. And Terry Funk, very similar role, was the bodyguard for the uh, kid's grandfather. Fantastic. He's like, Mr. Hawk, we got to have a talk with you. Now, of course, that's not the movie you're talking about. So it's quite obvious that you're talking about the all-time great Roadhouse. The all-time great Roadhouse. One of the most over-the-top classic movies ever made. And, With uh, appearances not only by Terry Funk, but by Bigfoot as well. Absolutely. The, uh, the truck. Monster, the monster truck. truck. Yeah. <laughs> Crushes everything in the dealership. Um, and interesting enough, a lot of MacGruber is actually parodying a lot of Roadhouse as well. The rip the throat is definitely for Roadhouse. 100%. Yes. So, um, so that, that's another reason that movie resonates with me. 
But but Roadhouse, I mean, the main character is Dalton, for starters. It's 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 a ridiculous, over the top, wonderfully done movie. And I did read a little while ago that they're remaking it with yes. Ronda Rousey. Really? Who that was announced before she was a wrestler, so that's quite interesting. Um uh but but I remember when they announced they were gonna make it with her, uh I was like, is the movie going to be like 11 seconds long or whatever? Because <laughs> her fights used to last, they'd be, over, they'd be over in seconds, right? That's why, so That's why I insist she's a better wrestler than she was fighter. Because if you watch that wrestling match the other night, that was a good 15, 20-minute match. And it's she's a fantastic. long time. And she's fantastic. And what I was pointing out to you... Well, when I'm pointing out stuff, I'm saying like, hey, do you ever... like You notice this stuff, but I'm watching it... And I'm watching stuff as an entertainer, as an actor. Um, she sells it. Yeah. Like, she sells every element. Like, from from the way she approaches the ring and the way she takes in that audience. And she's, like, grateful to be there. I find exciting. Yeah. But then she gets in the ring and she has the same pose and approach as if she was in a UFC fight. Yeah. And then when she's getting the knocks, you just she just sells it so well. And it's and with, with an actor, I mean, I had to, I had to punch. Um, there's a show called uh, uh, it's called Spooks in England. I think, and it yeah. might be called MI5 on Netflix if you have it. Um, but I had to punch the main character on that show. He was handcuffed, and I was interrogating him. I had to punch him in the face. And it didn't matter how confident I looked and how well I threw the punch. Unless he sold that, that scene did not work. And it worked. It worked so much that I had to be in hiding for a while. I couldn't walk my dog because this was England's biggest TV show at the time. And this guy in six seasons of it had never been hit. Yeah. And I cheap shot at him, like clocked him. For real? Right across the face. Perfect. No, not for real. Oh, it was a TV show, Casey. Oh, well, no, but this is. They, but he sold it. Okay. So well, and I'm saying it takes two. Yes. It takes two, so it doesn't matter how well you throw something at Rhonda. She has to sell, like it hit, mm. like it landed well, and it hurt, and how she gonna recover from it, and yeah. that's what's I find amazing about watching her because, um, yeah, the athleticism the charisma and the acting the, the, her ability to sell it and yeah. make it believable is tremendous so i think it's cool they'll they'll they'll, they'll ruin let's be honest they'll just ruin the movie because they can't roadhouse works because it's a ridiculous 80s movie so it's just hard to make that now without it being a parody cuz that yeah. movie there's movies in the 80s that i call unintentionally hilarious movies yeah that and the other one to me is Cocktail, is one of the funniest movies. Like, fantastic. honestly, watch Cocktail People as a comedy. It's one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. So, moving on. Uh, yeah. So, so you have uh, that is your what number was that? That was your Roadhouse is your number eight. Nine. Nine. Okay. No, eight. Eight. Yes. And Casey and, and I uh, uh, both only have high school education. Let's just so. Get, Eight backwards from seven. What's your seven? What's your seven? <laughs> my my seven is a quite an obvious one. Um, it's it's Andre the Giant. 
Oh, uh, Conan the Barbarian. Don't be a dick. Princess Bride. The Princess Bride. Okay. And um, that was the Princess Bride was the third movie I ever saw in the theater. Mm -hmm. And it's weird in life when you look back. Yeah. And go, why did I see this movie? My parents never took me to movies. They took me to Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Because that was the first movie. I was born in '78. That was the first movie, I, the one that I was old enough to like yeah. actually sit and see. Um, and they took me to uh, uh, Star Trek. Uh, is it the Voyage Home? The Whales. The Whales. The okay. fourth one. Yeah. So they took me to that. Um, so Return of the Jedi was because I was a massive Star Wars fan. Yeah. I wasn't a huge Star Trek fan as a kid. No. But that movie was amazing with the whales and, and having to build the aquarium on the ship. My parents were smart people and yeah. they thought this is an interesting, they weren't just taking me to go see fucking Nightmare on Elm Street. No. Um, and not only that, and, Star Trek, diverse. William Shatner is the first person to kiss a, 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 a person, a, a, yeah, Green person. person of color, I was going to say. Person you went color. right to green. I, I to green. didn't that, know you were going to do that. Well, that's what's go. Um, uh, so yeah, they told me that, and the third one was The Princess Bride, and uh, again, that that movie still stands up. It's incredible in every element. I actually have Carrie Elwes's book, As You Wish, here in this house, cool. signed by him. You know what blows um, my mind about Princess Bride is that Saul Berenson <laughs> is the star is of Princess this, Bride. Yes, and Homeland. I, Homeland, Saul Berenson yeah. from Homeland, who I try to model my beard after. He's an ego Monday. I cannot believe that he's the you know that blows my mind that he's the uh, the main actor. Well, this is an interesting thing about so this movie my father took me to, and they never you know again I got Coco Beware as a toy. Mm-hmm. I I didn't get the top shelf stuff. So why did you look? You realize later in life that film was directed by. Rob Reiner, Rob Reiner yeah. who also directed everything else that's great. Spinal Tap. Spinal Tap, yeah. Spinal Tap was my dad's favorite movie of all time. At his funeral or celebration of life, because I'm not a religious idiot, we just had a celebration of life. Um, we played the Turn It Up to Eleven scene on a projector in front of everyone. That's great. Yes, my dad had if Rob Reiner's hat and Spinal Tap. You just don't notice things growing up. But like my dad modeled a lot of his look off Rob Reiner yeah. as the director in that film. Yeah, that's funny. Same hat, same everything. You don't realize. And so my dad wasn't just taking us to Princess Bride because, you know, again, there was no internet buzz. You know, he'd read about that there's this movie coming out. But most importantly, it's it was Rob, Rob Reiner. Reiner who directed his favorite thing of all time. Yeah. And he took us to it. That's cool. It's just interesting. You know, you look, I just like looking back at things um, with wisdom, with experience and going, well, why did, why did this happen? Why of all movies yeah. did we see this? And you're like, well, because it was great, but also mainly selfish reasons. <laughs> it was, and and it's, it's, it's a great movie. It's not as okay, yeah. really selfish, but like, you know, you're like, I like this. They'll probably like it too. Yeah. And it's a great movie. It still stands up to this day. It's being still celebrated to this day. And Andre the Giant has said, like, the two most proud things of his life, uh, wrestling in front of 93,000 fans at WrestleMania 3 and The Princess Bride were his two greatest accomplishments. But he's so um, lovable. Yes. 
that's what makes him so fantastic in that. Yes. Even as a kid, you're not like, as a kid, I was just like, well, he's over. you know, it wasn't like you, you, this big scary giant. Yeah. You just loved this guy. You thought he was magnificent. Well, when you see Shrek, do you ever think but of you knew the he giant? Was like, like from that role? Even they dressed the same? Oh, yeah. You ever notice that? I, not till now. It's just a thought. I always thought, like, Shrek you know, always reminds me of Andre's role in The Princess Bride. Yeah, interesting. So, you know, he's this big ogre, you know, of a man. And, you know, um, but that's all. That but lovable. Um, so where were you? So now I'm at eight and seven. Well, it's going to take a while. Uh, <laughs> so uh, eight, uh, you went with Roadhouse. I went with Over the Top. Interesting. Uh, you know, and uh, and Over the Top is... Uh, I love that movie. Like I said, I knew I knew the character Lincoln Hawk right away. Well, and not it is Lincoln that. Hawk, right? Yes, it is. Lincoln I hate when Hawk. I say stuff with conviction, like you're in your Highlander comment, and I'm like, I'm going to get a thousand people tweeting at me, being like, it's it's Lincoln Dove, um, <laughs> it's not Lincoln Hawk, it's Lincoln no, Eagle, it's, it's Lincoln, it's Lincoln Hawk. I assure you. Okay. Uh, another wrestler is in over the top as well by the name of Tom McGee, a Canadian wrestler. Uh, he's also in it. But um, over the top, a uh, fantastically horrible movie uh, done by Stallone. But made it's the only Stallone film made by uh, Canon, Canon Films. And uh, Canon Films are fantastic. And if you have a chance to check out any of the Canon Films, please do. Yeah, Canon Films. Uh, Canon Films made some of the greatest movies How of all time. How do you make a movie about arm wrestling? How do you make you well? First well, of all, well, you you make it well, but it's still like, imagine pitching that, like being in a Hollywood <laughs> meeting. Be like, like, what's the movie about? Arm wrestling. Well, I wanted to say child custody battle, but yes, arm wrestling. Yeah, but where do you put the explosions and stuff? You know, like it's there's uh, no explosions. This that's is what not I mean. a Rambo movie. That's what I mean. It's a movie about a man bonding with his son as they travel across the country going to Vegas. And turning his hat around backwards. That's what turns the machine on. I know. There was another uh, arm wrestler that drank oil. What's that all about? Jesus. Um, he looked like Hillbilly Jim. Uh, so that was my number eight. Uh, my number seven. Now, uh, this wrestler, because I'm just naming the movies. I'm, you're not even guessing. This wrestler goes by the name of Kevin Nash. He's an actor now. He's in many things. But uh, what movie do you think I have him down listed for? Kevin Nash. I know. You want to say Magic Mike. But it's not Magic Mike. And it's not Magic Mike 2, Electric Boogaloo. Um, <laughs> Never heard of either of those movies, Casey. Uh, you were watching Magic Mike the other day by yourself jerking off. Uh, no, I'm joking. Channing Tatum is amazing. In it. Um, Channing Tatum is amazing in everything. The, uh, the 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 movie that I'm talking about with Kevin Nash, okay, uh, is uh, the original Punisher. Oh with, wow! With Thomas Jane with as the Thomas Punisher. Thomas Jane, remember wow. that movie? Of course I do. With uh, w- with uh, John Panette was the neighbor. I remember it because Rebecca I'm Romain. a big Stamos Thomas Jane fan. Yeah, he's fantastic because of Boogie Nights. Yes. Yeah, so he, a lot, yeah. a lot of people don't realize. Well, I mean, again, Boogie Nights. It's it, these movies that were released before we had the internet to create. Um, there's two things in life. There's hype and there's buzz. 
Hip hop, everything is hype. You got to check this out. It's huge. It's the best. Hype bros. Buzz is just simply people are talking about it because it's great. Buzz Sawyer. And so there's... there's I'm just naming wrestlers <laughs> after hype and buzz. That's all. <laughs> I, I figured you were doing something <laughs> like that. Um, and it's easier for things to gather buzz now because um, the of all our ways to communicate and stuff. But something truly good it's just interesting when it has buzz and uh boogie nights was such a talked about movie and thomas jane was absolutely fantastic kills in that i mean the final scene of that film is one of the i think one of the most intense suspenseful pieces of storytelling where he hangs out his cock that's the final shot oh sorry 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 (laughs) I thought you meant the final scene. No, when they're at uh, when they're uh, at reha- big, rehab, the drug star. dealer, um, who was uh, played by Alfred Molina, who was also in a Spider-Man film, Spider-Man. Yeah, he plays uh, Doc Ock. Doc Ock, so um, English actor. Yeah. Uh, now, now uh, this movie I'm talking about, The Punisher. Um, he plays uh, the Russian, the okay. uh, with the blue. He wears a blue and red pinstripe shirt. And he has blonde uh, brush cut and metal teeth. And he comes in and he just, he finds the Punisher at his house and he kicks the shit out of him in his own apartment and through John Panette's place. Uh, or maybe he's kicking the shit out of him or as is he John Panette's punishing singing. him. He, no, he's punishing the Punisher as John Panette's cooking and singing next door. And his music's so loud that Rebecca Romaine Stamos can't hear any of the Punisher getting the shit kicked out of him by Kevin Nash. It's a great scene, and uh, it's my favorite Kevin Nash uh, performance in a movie. Punisher um, just generally sounds like either a sex move or a kind of weed. Um, like, you wouldn't know if someone said, like, do you want to try the Punisher tonight? You don't know if that's, like, something kinky or something you're going to put in a bong. True? Maybe that's the reason why John Travolta took the role in the Punisher remake <laughs> as the villain. He's like, oh, I thought you were going to give me the Punisher. I'm sorry. I'll go fly my plane elsewhere. Which Punisher remake? There's several Punishers. Yeah, no, I was confused because they use the, they use, sorry, they uh, bumped my microphone there. They used the fella from the show Rome and did one. And then. I think that's the one, the the, the John Travolta remake Punisher. Oh, okay. Because there's the Netflix show with. With the Punisher as well. Yeah. That's uh, fantastic. Um, And shout out to my friend Ben. Yes, who's in the Punisher. Yes. Um, so now you're at. We are at uh, six and five. What are your uh, six and fives? I made my font really small the other day, so it's hard to to look this up here. Oh, okay. Well, I'd I'd like to tell you what number six is, but I'm I'm off the fucking grid these days. You have to understand that right now, it's not just Billy Corgan that could be listening. Who else could be listening? Big Brother? Are you telling me, McMahon, that the government is listening to what we are saying right now? We're doing this with uh, solar panels because if we were tapped in, then we'd be on the fucking grid. We have to go with the power of the sun. It's got to be Jesse Ventura in easily the greatest action movie of all time, up there with Die Hard. And all that stuff. Predator. Original Predator. All right. Original Predator. Jesse Ventura, where he has the 
Jesse Ventura's like, uh, what's his big line from that movie? Ain't got- I'm gonna, I'm gonna take my dick and put it in your mouth and. No, it's not that. It's like ain't got time to bleed. Ain't got time to bleed. Yeah, it's uh, that's a great. But there's that great line up. There's that great line where he says in the copter at the first start where he you the meet his copter, the no helicopter. It's a chopper. It's a chopper. Get to the chopper. <laughs> get to the copter. <laughs> get to the chopper. Is it not get to the copter? Chopper. Copter. Chopper. Um. The, my uh, favorite in that movie is when him and uh, is it Carl Lewis. Yes. What just that's that scene where they 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 grab each other's hands to welcome each other and, and it's just like bicep? close up of muscles. I know that that scene is just like that could have been the trailer. Just that in in the eighties, people would have been like two tickets. I'm I'm seeing that two big fucking Apollo muscles. Creed and and Arnold Schwarzenegger, yeah. of course. Uh, I remember. For the longest time after... Uh, How do you remember if they made you drink the serum and told you you can't... You know I don't get residuals for Predator. You know that, right? I do. Because think- they send me checks, but they have nowhere to fucking send them to because I told my agent I'm going to be down here somewhere in Mexico with solar power with, you know, no inter- the grid. No internet. And I'm not coming back to run for president until there's a grassroots movement. There has to be one of those before Jesse Ventura comes back to America because I don't care what that guy says, the the American sniper. He never punched Jesse Ventura, and he was using me to sell books. I read books. (laughs) Uh, What did you have for, uh, for number five? Oh, um, well, interestingly enough, on the last show, we were discussing about me being from Calgary and growing up with Stampede Wrestling mm-hmm. and having, uh, you know, like when I used to have, uh, uh, for those that listened to that, if you didn't listen to that episode, it's a good introduction to uh, to myself and where we came from. Yes. Uh, yeah, so I used to have, uh, like I said, we uh, uh, the, the hearts were our substitute teachers, but... The other thing that we did have in Calgary was a, uh, you know, Canada has a, a, a our own football league, and uh, Calgary's team is also, we got to throw the name Stampede in there. Like the Stampede Wrestling, yes. our team's the Stampeders. And so uh, this guy used to play for them. Yes. And uh, his name is Dwane Johnson. Dwane Johnson? <laughs> Yes, he did. Duane, Duane, uh, also known as The Rock, and um, it's interesting with this film because it has it. It's two titles. So I first saw this movie uh, in Canada. Okay, and it was called The Rundown. The Rundown, yes. And it was Sean William Scott. Uh, is it Christopher Walken? Christopher Walken is the villain. Yeah. It's fantastic. I mean, that was rock to me. I thought that was his like breakthrough kind of action role. I my, agree with in that. my opinion. I agree with that. Um, and I that movie's quite dynamic because it really showcases how multifaceted he is. He's very um, funny and endearing, and then just absolutely badass. And Stifler's great too. And well, it 
it like like I said earlier with Ronda Rousey getting punched, it doesn't matter how hard you punch her, she has to sell it. So the, the two of them work well together. But what's interesting is, um, so that movie came out and then it moved to England. And I wanted my wife to see it mm-hmm. because I like good things. Yeah. So, and I was searching for it and I couldn't find it. Um, and it's because over there, the movie's called Welcome to the Jungle. No. Yes. It does not even have that song in it. It does not. But a rock, but, but yet, you know what movie, you know what song they used to release the new Jumanji? 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 With the rock in it? Welcome to the Jungle. I know. I never thought about it to this second. Um, I, that's very interesting. I'm gonna, I, I, I never knew that. I'm going to see if I can... Uh, uh, Images. I'm doing a Google image search. Wow, look at this. There's, th- you know what? There's a lot of um. Look, sorry, I'm showing Casey the DVD case of oh, it yeah. in England. Take a screenshot of that so we can. Uh, I'm yeah, gonna yeah, post yeah. that on the Instagram. Um, that is ridiculous. Look, look at that one. It's even more ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, that's horrible. I know it is horrible. It is a terrible um cover, and that's when The Rock hadn't gone full shave his head yet. So again, I'm bald, so I'm constantly looking at other people's hair. Uh, so, um, yeah, that's a great fucking movie. Um, but this is, uh, interesting when people change titles because having, I lived, I lived for almost 10 years in England Yeah, and I would, I would see that happen as, again, as we got, is popular, the internet came more, I would see things and how they change going different ways. Like the original Harry Potter. What about it? Um... Well, I think the original Harry Potter was Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Oh, I thought it was uh, Harry Pothead eating falafel stoned. <laughs> uh, no, it's my, funny though. Um, now my so so oh, that sorry. no no Go so on. so but in America they were like, we can't have that philosopher. Yeah, we can't have that on a movie poster. So it got changed to like the Sorcerer's Stone. It was never it. Over there was that, yeah. But there was, um, I could be given an. I'm I'm in a different mindset right now, but like, off off mic, I'll I'll show you a few that like just blow my mind. Blow my mind, and I'm only discovering now. Yeah, like ones that movies I saw and enjoyed. I'm now have Netflix. I'm sitting here with my projector, flipping through, and I'm going, "What the fuck is that?" Because I know it by the title it was released in Europe as. Yeah. I don't know it. You know, because I, I lived there. I saw it. I, I don't know it. You yeah. know, I, I saw these huge posters in the thing, you know. Yeah. It's not called Mission Impossible to me. It's called, like, Tough Mission, whatever they, whatever they change That's it to ridiculous. over there. <laughs> you know? Oh, <laughs> like they, jeepers. They, jeepers. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'll show you later. All right. My, so, number, my number six... Um, as you went Jesse Ventura Predator, mm-hmm. I go Jesse Ventura Running Man. Uh, I prefer the Running Man uh, movie uh, over Predator. I think Jesse's part is Captain. Pa- is it Captain Power or Captain Freedom? You know, I haven't got one fucking residual check for that movie. Stephen King owes me money. Um, of course, the book uh, is very different. I've read it. Oh, of course, it's very different. But I love Running Man. It's a fantastic movie. Jesse Ventura is great in it, and so is Richard Dawson. 
very entertaining as the the villain. And it's like what's happening now. Gillian. Gillian. Like how ahead of its time was that film? Like look when oh, yeah. all the reality Way stuff that we watch. Of, yes. I mean just decades ahead. Yes. That that movie's Yeah, uh, honestly I I I didn't think of that movie. Yeah. Um, and I, I, if I could, if I could squeeze that in my list, I would, cause it, it's, it's absolutely tremendous. It's fantastic. I love it. And, uh, and then at my number five, I put, uh, guardians of the galaxy one or two Dave Batista. Yeah. Dave Batista is, uh, here's the guy who, while the rock is, you know, the largest movie star in the world, Dave Batista has quietly, been in more prominent and prominent roles in more films. He was the villain in a James Bond Spectre. movie. Yeah, yeah. He was in Iron Iron Fist or Iron some again. That movie. sounds like a sex move. Yeah, yeah. Or but, weed, sex but, move or weed. But that his, could be a whole show, Casey. His uh, performance in Guardians of the Galaxy uh, and um, the Avengers: Infinity War is fantastic, and they're actually going to give Drax his own movie. So Dave Bautista is going to be starring in his own movie. Good for him. And uh, good for him because a lot of people, you know, didn't see him on par as John Cena or The Rock. But look at he's, you know. It's dynamic. They're both can be funny and scary and exciting and likable. And that's star power. They have it. I didn't like him as much in Spectre because he was just yeah, being the villain, right? I, it's because it's like, I know what you can do. Like I loved. Do you think that Oddjob is a better villain than than uh, Batista's villain Inspector? Because Oddjob was also played by a professional wrestler by the name of Professor Toro Tanaka. Is that also the guy that played the? Who's <laughs> the guy in? Uh, I hope you're going to say it. In a Running Man, that played like the yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the goalie Sub, with the, Sub Zero now Sub Zero. Yeah. zero. Yes, same he, guy. Yes, and he's also wow. he's also the butler in Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Fantastic. Where we're at the uh, at the house of the rich kid that steals the bike, mm-hmm. Pee Wee knocks on the door, and Professor Toro Tanaka answers the door. Love um, it. Yes, yeah, so uh, fantastic. I totally forgot he was in Running Man. Um, what do you have for your? Uh, so that was my six and five. What do you have for your four and three? Um, I have Jerry Lawler. Man in the Moon has to be, yeah. And that movie came out. Um, I was only a couple years deep in stand-up comedy, so you know there was a movie about a comedian. Yeah, and um, it was a Milos Forman film and great. stuff. It's a great movie. It's I, a great movie. And you mentioned Courtney Love earlier. Yeah, uh, who I think she won a Emmy for it and was nominated for an Oscar. Um. And uh, it, it's really interesting because, uh, I mean, he's it must have been a trip for him to do that movie, play himself, and uh, go through. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't a trip for him. And I'll tell you why. Um, clearly, you have not seen uh, Jim and Andy, the documentary of the making of the movie. But Jim stayed in character as Andy I told Kaufman. you earlier, my hard drive, 495. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> Back but, in the day. Now, but, you, now, now, now but this, is, yeah. this, this documentary just came out last season on Netflix. And uh, 
Jerry Lawler has complained about it many, many times. Okay. He does not like Jim Carrey because Jim Carrey lived an entire year as Andy Kaufman. I remember would wear the neck guard and and stuff. Okay. Well, Jim Carrey was a total asshole to Jerry Lawler the entire movie because everybody, because he thought Andy Kaufman was an actual rival with with Jerry Lawler. Okay. When, in fact, uh, Andy was in awe of Jerry Lawler and always called him Mr. Lawler. And was all he goes. They were best. They were like friends, and for Jim, he he wanted to relive Andy, and he tried to antagonize him as if it was all real. And uh, he goes, "This guy's trying to be Andy Kaufman. He doesn't know the first thing about Andy Kaufman. Andy Kaufman always said please and thank you whenever he talked to me. He dressed me as Mister Lawler, mm-hmm. and we were on. We were the same age. You know, we're the same. You know, it's. Uh, but uh, but uh, so he didn't enjoy being in that movie because Jim Jim Carrey made it horrible for him, and uh, he he's not fond of Carrey to this day. Even though Jim Carrey sent him uh, a a milk crate filled with um, records albums of wrestlers that had performed wrestling albums, and like Sweet Daddy. CD. So he tried his hardest to like to do something that patch it up. Yeah, like Jerry Lawler had I'm a, just going to send in like the fruit basket and the wine. I'm I'm trying to think of a gift that would mean something to you. To, yeah, and he uh, and he did that. Um, but that is a fantastic movie that I've completely overlooked. And uh, so it, now it's a, yeah, it's a great movie. And um, I, I mean, REM who originally had the song "Man on oh, the Moon" so about great. Andy Kaufman, so and they had to make a new song for that film, so they did the um, "The Great Beyond." Yeah. That's the song they did for it. Beautiful song. And I I. I had not thought of that movie in a while until recently when I was watching uh, with my wife. We were watching the Andre the Giant documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, and he showed up in an interview. And yeah, I was, because my wife's a fan of that film, and I was saying, like, just pointing out, like, hey, like, this is, you know, yeah, th- th- you this, you remember him from this. Because that, that movie's not mentioned in that. But I had to pause it and say, yeah. this guy, this is back, and explain it all. And mm-hmm. she thought it was really interesting. What's your What was your number three? My number three? Oh, I think uh, we're revisiting Duane. Nope. Oh. Jericho is MacGruber. Oh, I had MacGruber at number three. Talked about. Because uh, I've got number two. got a movie I find even funnier. That's all right. Uh, for my uh, number five... Um, you went with Man on the Moon, so I'm gonna go with uh, Breakfast with Blassie. Uh, this is a Andy Kaufman made movie where he, uh, him and Classy Freddie Blassie, meet up and they have brunch, and it's just them having brunch. And I've loved this movie so much, I've always wanted to remake it with Bret Hart, and I want to have brunch. So whereas he has Breakfast with Blassie, I want to have brunch with Bret. That's always been my dream. Brunch and if, with Brett. And if, if, if I could get Bret Hart on this podcast, I would do it over brunch at Denny's, like on a, on a Monday or something, or on a Tuesday when it's not busy. Brunch with Brett. Are, are those their slow days? I don't know their slow days. <laughs> You're getting too far ahead, Corbin. Uh, my number, my number th- uh, three, uh, Trainwreck. Uh, Amy Schumer's Trainwreck. Uh, with uh, John Cena in John it. John Cena. When we've again, already talked is, about it earlier. He is the best thing in that movie. He is the best thing. Now, what? Uh, here's what you don't know. Um, now, I know Amy, and I've worked with her, and we've. I, I actually asked her, because she dated Dolph Ziggler, mm-hmm. and I asked her, 
did you base John Cena's character on the fact that you dated Dolph Ziggler? And she said, no, when she got the script, the character was already written like that. She said, however, all the little homophobic tendencies that John Cena had in the movie, he brought all of that in with himself. He created that and made that part of his character, added some of those lines. And uh, she said he was the most surprising thing in the movie. And one of the best parts about that movie was John Cena's performance. You know, LeBron, also great, but uh, John Cena's role... You know, the part where it's like, what where they call him Mark Wahlberg? He's like, I'm like four Mark Wahlbergs. You know, like, <laughs> it's the best. So, uh, and again, train wreck. Train wreck with Again, my wife had no idea who he was. Nope. Like, I like pointing out, like, no, he's like, because oh. my wife loves The Rock. Well, one more thing so that John Cena did. Pointing out another, yes. like, wrestler that's oh, yeah. doing well and hilarious. And doing well. And he's the top grossing movie star of last year. Yes. So he's... I'm just pointing out, yes. you know. Um, the uh, the one scene that uh, uh, in the in the the train wreck where Cena comes out and after sex and he just has the towel on and it's just uh, hanging off of his mm-hmm. penis. Uh, uh, my roommate Boomer Phillips did that to me one time and I did not appreciate that what whatsoever. Yeah, you never got that shit when I lived with you. No, 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 not at all. You all, you and John Dora would only come in and uh, dance in my room in your underwear. While I was trying to sleep in bed, so and, no, and play Van Halen, and play Van Halen. Um, that was my number uh, five and number three. Who do you have for two and one? Closing up the show, our two and one. Closing up the show. Okay, number two. I'm going back to Calgary. Dwayne Johnson, Duane, Duane. Yeah, <laughs> I don't Dewey? know why DJ Dwayne Deej, who uh, who has liked a few of my tweets in his time. Oh, which is cool. always exciting. I'm like, oh, it's screenshot. The Rock, like my. Well, tweet. not only that, you're, you're you're one of your good buddies has actually been hanging out with him, and in a in, in, in going to be in a, a movie with him. The in the yeah. Jungle Book is ja- it? The- yeah, Jack Whitehall is uh, making uh, not Jungle Book, Jungle Cruise, Jungle Cruise, and uh, he, yeah, he stars in that alongside uh, Dwayne, Dwayne, and Emily. Is it Emily? Uh, Emily uh, Blunt. Emily Blunt. Yeah, who from is, Edge of Tomorrow. Who is in a you? movie with me, Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah. Um, I flew her to Paris. <laughs> and that's what we were doing. Yeah, we you were did. going, you... I flew her to the Louvre. Yeah, we're, you did. We're going to need a dropship, no problem. And uh, yes, I I fly the dropship with Tom Cruise. And, You're right uh, her... behind him as he makes a speech. Yeah, we're right there, um, which, which I had... I'm in the movie. You, I have lines, and you see me actually with Tom as a close-up. But you know, when we filmed it, I had a lot more. A lot of people don't realize when you film stuff. Another movie with a different they, title. They shoot and shoot. Pardon me. Well, it was called Edge of Tomorrow. Some places, but other some places, it was called uh, Live, Life, Repeat, or it was something called like that? No Live Die Repeat. But yeah. that's not the movie. That's not the original title. No. The original title was All You Need Is Kill. I have the script in the other room. Wow. Um, and it's called All You Need Is Kill. And I also actually have the original IMDb listing, the cast list. When Yeah. Because when the IMDb went live with it, I was one of the original. There's actually not a lot of people in that movie. Um, and uh, I have the original cast list with me yeah. with the original title, All You Need Is Kill, which I think... Oh gosh, I think it's a great title. Um, I, I, it's great. A lot of people complain about the title "Edge of Tomorrow." 
It sounds like a James Bond movie or a soap opera. Yeah, oh, or both. something. So, um, but but yeah. So anyway. So so yeah, and your number one. Uh, what was your number? Oh well, well okay. So my number two, uh, Rocky three, with Hulk Hogan, Thunder. Rose. Oh wow, that is not, and, that, and that's not, and that's not really a. I, now I know I put Savage on the on the guest list for playing a wrestler in a movie, but you don't understand. Uh, the WWE would not, the WWF would not let Hulk Hogan do like Vince McMahon Senior would not let Hogan do Rocky. Hogan had to quit the WWF to go do Rocky Three, and he went and did it, and he sent a promo shot to Vern Gagne, saying, "This is me and Rocky Three trying to get new work with the AWA." They said, "Yes, come here right away," and Hulkamania started as a result of the Rocky Three movie. Brought he was a villain. And that movie made him popular, and Hulkamania started in the AWA, and then eventually Vince McMahon just signed Hogan away from uh, Vern Gagne and brought Hulkamania to the WWE. But without Rocky III, Hulkamania might not never have happened. See, Billy Corgan, you learn shit on this podcast. That is amazing. I had no idea. And that... He gave up his job to go do that movie. But Take that, a big risk. That again shows you that no one... There's a constant thing we say in show business and it's nobody knows anything and that says it again because if if they were like he shouldn't have had to do that yeah right no one knows anything and then he does that and then creates this huge thing yeah right like well Vince McMahon Sr.'s dad did not have the foresight that his son had because his son clearly saw everything in Hulk Hogan and mm -hmm. bet put all of his money on him and he won. So, and uh, what's your number one? Uh, my number one is, uh, this guy is the same name as me. Um, it's uh, Tommy. Okay. Tiny Lister. Tommy Tiny, Tiny Lister. Tiny Lister, but yeah, his name's uh, Tommy. Same thing. Is the movie No Holds Barred? Because <laughs> he played Zeus in No Holds Barred, and that's what made him a wrestler. Because apparently the story was, he heard Hulk Hogan in the filming. And then uh, they had words and then bad blood, and it carried over into the WWF. Wow. Yeah. So that's uh, that happened another time with David Arquette in Ready to Rumble, who went into WCW, uh, but ever. But, yeah, so Zeus wrestled Hogan, and, yeah, so it's not oh, no yeah. hold barred. David or, Arquette's a wrestler. No, I did not again. realize that. With all the... Um, uh, equality stuff mm -hmm. do, you, do you think that he when he does something he gets as paid as much as his sister <laughs> <laughs> either sister yeah neither which sister. yeah none no not not There's rosanna three. or patricia or rosanna rosanna oh i said rosanna, rosanna or patricia, patricia or, uh, yeah or who courtney three? cox that's his wife that's his wife. Ex-wife. I thought there was another sister, too. I don't know. I don't know. These fucking people. Their uh, sister, actually. Um, yeah. Um, so, so my movie and I, and I'm, is uh, The Dark Knight. Well, oh, The Dark Knight. Well, Jesus Christ, um, you're, you, you are in The Dark Knight. I know. I feel bad putting it on the list in a way, but I, I do think, and, well, I think the internet agrees, it's pretty much the people voted as like greatest movie of all time well it's, it's, it's the it, highest rated movie of all time I, th I, I i i think it got knocked off that i'm to be rating 
for something really stupid, just a bunch of people voting. But ultimately, it's it's uh, that is in the modern history that is a movie that with genuine buzz. Yeah, people f- freaked out about it. Uh, it's it's Heath Ledger. It was Heath Ledger's. Was it was it his last? Was it his last movie that he did, or is his last movie that people care about? It's I. It's hard to say because there's always like, oh, there's a scene from something else that someone was in and it gets released later. But um, no, this that, was, that, yeah. that doesn't that the success of that movie has nothing to do with, you know, that being the end. But yeah. No. So interestingly enough, like he was I was in the uh, fairy scene in that, you know, for uh, Batman fans. The boats. That are listening the boats. Yeah. Well, they're, yeah. The, they're, it's the, they're they were they were the. They were fairies. Well, you know, The Rock was in a movie called The Tooth Fairy, but it doesn't okay. mean it was a boat. Uh, so, yeah, I was in the fairy scene. I have the ticket framed on the wall around the corner um, to the ferry. So uh, you were on one of the boats, and, and Tiny Lister was on the other boat. We were trying to kill each other. Well, that's what the Joker wanted you to do. Yes. But so, humanity prevails. So, uh, yeah, for those that, you know... I, I don't know, haven't looked me up or anything. What but you, you will you will know me from that movie because there was there was two fairies. There was the passenger fairy yes. and the prisoner fairy. And uh Tiny Lister was the lead guy on the f- prisoner fairy. Yeah. And I was um it was me and another guy named Doug Ballard. There's only three people that spoke on our ferry. It was myself and Doug Ballard and another guy from Band of Brothers, but I I don't think uh and, and a lady, so three guys in the group. Just out of curiosity, I don't think I've ever asked you this. What did you vote for? Or what do you think your character voted for? Um, I think it's clear in the film. Humanity. So, uh, I, th- I think it's clear, but what's what's interesting is that, yeah, I'm I'm one of the guys that uh, they, they put it to a vote and uh, voiced my opinion and... Um, What's interesting, though, is that when I auditioned for it, I auditioned for his role. Tiny Lester's role? Yes. Gee, <laughs> wow. Well, you only know when you see something, you only know it as what you're, you only know the, you, it's hard to imagine, yeah. you know, look at like, uh, you know, when you find out like, oh, Indiana Jones was going to be Burt Reynolds or something You're like yeah. that could never have been. But yeah. if it was in the alternate universe, you would never think that Harrison Ford. So um, so they had me uh, uh, read for that. But um, when I auditioned for that movie, it was called Rory's First Kiss. Hmm. So I did not know I was going to audition for a Batman movie. That's crazy. I was going to audition for Rory's First Kiss. And uh, Christopher Nolan is incredibly secretive with his scripts, as he fucking should be, because you can't trust anyone. You know, it yeah. was uh, Quentin Tarantino, the, the, was it The Hateful Eight that got leaked? And he's like, nah. Yeah. And he rewrote it and changed it. And he's like, nah, you've, you've ruined it, you know? So um, for the actual scripts, like for the people with the major roles, yeah. you know, he would go to their house and sit at their kitchen table and lay it out for them and would just sit there and read a book or whatever, do work while the actor read it. Yeah. So for me, doing the smaller roles, uh, they released us a script scene 
that was uh, I'm I could probably pull it up on my email. Well, I remember. But it was like I a, remember you telling me about it. Yeah, it was like a thing of tension. You didn't know you were on a boat. You thought you were in a subway or something. I, yeah, I mean, I'm having trouble remembering that part of things, or you're confusing stuff. No, because uh, I remember when, I, when I watched for the movie, is that you said you knew you were in a transit, but you didn't have. But no, no. When I filmed it, uh, we we filmed it at Pinewood Studios, which yeah. is where they do Star Wars. I filmed it on the 007 James Bond stage. It was one of the coolest things I've ever, cool. you know, worked on and done. And and I can't stress enough that Christopher Nolan was really lovely, um, a man of few words, which is a another thing with a good director. He just lets you do your thing and makes very minor adjustments to you. Mm. Um. Uh. But it was more that they they created a uh, a mock scene, which is is getting more common with script stuff now. So they created a mock scene, but um, I was definitely uh, what I was reading for was the uh, the the tiny Lister one. Cool, um, because they. I did that, and then they made a change. They said, I think you'd be better with this one. Yeah. And so they handed me something, and they left the room, and they gave me a couple minutes with it, which is, like, really hard. It's 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 weird with, like, acting, trying to, you know, I, I, I don't know how many actors you know on this, like, people listening that do it professionally, but, like, if I just gave you a couple paragraphs and I said, hey, um, I'm just going to leave you here for a few minutes, just memorize these and I'll be back and I'll take this paper away from you. I'll put a camera in front of you. <laughs> you have to say them. Yeah. Just the memorization alone is like it's a super, it's a supernatural feat, right? Yeah. And you're not just memorizing it. You're trying to remember where it. And so, um, uh, yeah. So anyway, they, I, I, they, they had me on tape doing it the one way and then they, had me read um, the other way, uh, the other thing they'd written for the other boat, and uh, and sure enough, I got the part, and uh, I'm credited as there's four people again that talk on our boat, and I'm passenger number one, number one, number one, which is often just credited as passenger, That's and the right. other people are numbered because I was the lead guy. You don't want to um, be number two. I it's good. I'm lucky. I had the most screen time. And uh, and unlike Jesse Ventura, I you get they, they know where to find me, and I do get I do get enough enough trickles in now and then. It's kind of cool because it's just like wow, I'm you know that my, was from a Batman movie. My favorite number one movie of uh, that has a wrestler in it is um, from the eighties as well. Uh, John Carpenter's classic, They Live. Uh, they live. Who was in that? Rowdy Roddy Piper. Oh wow! I'm yeah. here. I'm here to do two things: chew bubble gum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubble gum. Probably uh, best uh, line uh. in the movie. And uh, that was not written by John Carpenter. John Carpenter. Uh, uh, Roddy Piper just gave him a book full of things that he wrote down over the years for wrestling promos, like you don't shoot. You don't shoot it, you know, whatever Piper would say. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and he just looked at him and he's like, this line is great. And it's a great scene where Piper walks into a bank. He has the glasses on. He can see who the aliens are and who the aliens aren't. And it's just like, and then, of course, it has the greatest fight scene 
which is in the alleyway where he's with the black guy. I'm sorry, I forget his name as an actor, but you all know who I'm talking about. Uh, he's trying to get him to put on the glasses to see that there's aliens everywhere and the world is not what we see it as to be. And the fight ensues. And it's a good seven-minute fight scene in a movie. That's <laughs> the, long. It's yeah. the longest fight scene I've ever seen in a movie. And it's all like, put the glasses on. I don't want to put them on. And then they keep fighting. Put the glasses on. No. And then finally he's like, put the glasses on. All right. And then he's, you know. And the movie entails from there. Uh, fantastic movie. God bless Roddy Piper. Uh, rest in peace. Folks, those are our lists. Like them. Hate them. Let us know. Yeah, let us know if you Twitter. agree or if there's ones that... <laughs> Tweet out. Uh, if you have better, let us know. Uh, the debate goes on and on and on past this episode. Uh, thank you for joining us on Talking Wrestling this week. Uh, Tommy Campbell, thank you for joining us in Studio Z once again for uh, another episode. And uh, thanks for letting us uh, put a headlock on your ears. But before we do, Tommy Campbell, tell us where we can find you on social media. Billy Corgan, are you still listening? No, he's gone. He's gone. Yeah. Um, you can find me at Mr. Tommy Campbell, Mr. Tommy Campbell. Uh, I mostly do Twitter because um, I still think it's the greatest social network. Instagram is for food pictures and dog pictures, but Twitter is fun, interesting, engaging. So come find me there. If you if you tweet me or message me, I will reply. Uh, my website's TommyCampbell.ca. You can see all my tour dates there. And uh, my latest album is called Stupid Shaming, and it's on Apple Music, iTunes, Spotify. It's even on, uh, what is that one that Jay-Z owns, that Jay -Z owns Tidal or whatever it is? I'm like, oh, it's on someone's like, oh, I heard your thing on Tidal. I'm like, <laughs> I'm on Tidal? I look forward to that four-cent royalty check. Um, yeah, but find me there. Mostly follow me on Twitter. If you like me, share me. If you don't, fuck off. All right. Just kidding. I love you. Awesome. Thank you again. Again, I'm going to use my catchphrase again. Thanks for letting us put a headlock on your ears. I'm Casey Corbin, Tommy Campbell, talking wrestling. Have a good one. Bye now. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. Never Sleeps Network.